Welcome, everyone, to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete. There's work that needs to be finished. The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek for episode 514, The Devil Complex, is sponsored by Fitzsimmons Pregnancy Tests. We're positive you'll barf on it. <laughs> ah, the old pea soup. Pete, great to be here talking the mothership, although there'll be icebergs ahead. We'll be get to that, getting to that in a moment. First, I just want to give a tip to the hat, as I know you do, to uh, our pal Jamie Patton, who uh, has the website watchingthewasteland.com. Always a good read. Uh, musings of a TV addict. Can't help but notice, Pete, that uh, she has a post from uh, a couple weeks ago, insights from Marvel's Jessica Jones Paley Center panel. Uh, most importantly, mentioning some key highlights there, uh, also some great uh, pictures, good vantage point that she had. Also makes reference to uh, the dynamic duo of Fantastic Geek. So what? hats off. Yep. Far too kind. Far too kind. Had a great Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, post heading into the 100th episode as they crossed the centennial there. So do check out watching the wasteland.com by Jamie Payton. Absolutely. Always a good read. Pete, from that high, let's bring the mood down just a little bit before we dive on into this episode. I guess first we'll go, hey, darker than this episode or darker than parts of this episode is our continuing uh jessica jones podcast loving making your way through that series uh only about three or four episodes left in our podcast uh our podcast tenure for that season but uh certainly tons of fun there yeah and you know you mentioned icebergs with ages of shield it's felt like with jessica jones nothing but smooth sailing that is certainly true. So now let's, before we, before Pete, I push the button and we get into our recap here, I just want to preface this to say, uh, I have some concerns about this episode and I don't want people to think I'm all, I'm all negative. You know, I listen to some podcasts, whether it's about entertainment or travel or whatever, nothing rankles me more when it's like, yeah, it's all awful. And I'm not saying this episode is all awful, but this is like yellow alert that I'm, I'm not enthusiastic about some of the things I saw here, and, and hopefully we can we can help me work through that in the course of this podcast. I'll do everything I can. When we catch you up on what went down, Matt, our teaser begins with an astronaut appearing out of thin air. Last glimpse on the planet Mavis. And Pete, here I thought it was Spaceman Spiff, but you're right. Of course, it is. Uh, it, it is that uh, that scary Spaceman. I like. I'll say this, Pete. I might be going a little negative in this episode, but I'll say this. I like how in this episode and in this portion of the story, they're really taking an opportunity to to give callbacks to some key moments of the series. Yes, and though we did the Fear Dimension three episodes ago for the big 100th episode and we've been returning to it, the idea of hitting some of the series' greatest villainous elements has certainly been one that has paid a type of dividend. That is certainly true, and uh, we cut to Fitz welding, welding like a boss, Pete, although... Oh my goodness, Pete, I'm just figuring out this is a, a, a bit of foreshadowing. Fitz is welding. Who else welds in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Pete? Hydra. Hydra people. Oh my, I'm literally just figuring it out right now. They're I, all welders. That's like the entry-level job. You have to prove that you can weld in an industrial uh, environment and then you get called up to the big leagues of Hydra. Uh, believe me, I know, but, uh, Fitz wants some hobnobs, some proper British junk food here. He and Simmons commiserate about having to get the care packages back at the Academy. Um, and why did it have to be instead of snakes, Matt, why of all things did it need to be the fear dimension? Why couldn't it be a wish dimension or a dream dimension? Hey, what would you dream for? They exchange here. Um, Fitz would wish for an extra day between Saturday and Sunday. 
and Simmons, Matt, would want that dream honeymoon. Something tells me, Pete, based on the end of this episode, they still kind of had one, if you know what I mean. With what? Spaceman Spiff arrives. Uh, he starts to uh, to choke Simmons. Then he really whacks, you know, shield extra. <laughs> um, but luckily he gets uh, taken out. He, he disappears in a puff of smoke. Hit the title card. Come back to Yo-Yo trying out her robot arms. This is 10% uh, talking with the nervous system. It's causing her a lot of pain. Um, Mac wishes that he had more technology, but does not at the present time. He calls a timeout. She just wants to punch things and to help. Calls her Mia Moore there and cautions over pushing herself here uh, that it's family that he needs to protect. Back with Fitz there, Matt, the gravitonium that he has for whatever reason story uh can't quite be compressed well now 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 hang on pete i'm down on this episode but even i can say they've explained that they need the gravitonium to 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 fix the rift that's that's been covered over in previous episodes i i call a red flag on your red flag why couldn't be compressed was not quite clear again Mm. you know story fair enough pete can deke help I'm pretty sure he can, uh, but he's not paying attention. He's giving the old eyes to what we know are grandpapa and grandmama. <laughs> um, Fitz at this point recaps that there's more fear out there. That's right. The only thing you have to more fear is more fear. <laughs> um, it's time to dig into Dr. Franklin Hall's notes. Pete, again, <gasps> this is an episode. I- I'm going to explore some of my trepidatiousness that i feel later on the episode this episode is a tease teasing us back to shield episode 102 is will graviton return not not this episode but we're i gotta correct you it's 103 103 it was not 102 102 they were in south america where the bus had the big hole in the side of it 103 was the Gravitron episode. Graviton. Gravitron. Um, with that, Fitzsimmons leaves, and uh, Deke tells Daisy that he's like really, really invested in them as a couple. I get it, Pete, because he recognizes his grandparents and whatnot. Um, Daisy has found out by using the powers of computer that General Hale is out driving. Um, I'm realizing, Pete, I'm okay on this particular first act here. Um, Cut to Hale, who's being kept to quite a timetable by a mystery person, perhaps. Uh, Then what happens next, Pete, because I kind of dug this, shades of Star Trek IV, I dare say. Yeah, everybody slips up, even Air Force generals. Wah, wah. With that, her car drives into a cloaked Zephyr One, and they've bagged themselves a general. Um... This was a really nice moment, I have to say. Uh, back to the lighthouse we go. Deke gets fits. Hey, the crew has General Hare at Hale. Do you help there? Boom. Hydra fits. Cold cocks him. Uh, at least that's clearly what we're meant to think as we end this act. Act two, Matt, begins with Zephyr one and Hale in a hole. Yeah, I like. Look, I dislike Hale in part because she's going after our heroes, our agents. But I love her presence on screen here. She's unimpressed with the question room. She underlines that she is hunting a domestic terrorist group, which kind of sort of makes some level of PR sense, but it's obviously viewed now through a different light uh, towards the end. Uh, But how about cutting off arms? She blames her subordinate, and he must know what that's like. Pete, we go over the retread, repeated, reused Daisy Johnson shot Talbot. No, she didn't. It's been proven, at least to we, the audience. It's kind of a weird... It's weird that it returns here, but I get it. And then it's weird that it returns later, despite the fact that we've already re-gotten it here. Bottom line is, Pete, her job is to protect her people. Well, I'm going to argue, Matt, in favor of that exposition, we need to check 
the boxes. We need to explain, okay, Daisy took out Talbot. That's the reason why we're here. It works very well with the whole parallel of Daisy being restored by Fitz uh, to her powers, which we know are the possible, if not probable cause of everything that goes wrong. So I'm going to, I'm going to find in favor of that story choice. Gavel, gavel. Back to the lighthouse we go. Uh, Fitz can't find info on Dr. Hall, and Daisy wishes that he'd uh, relax. This is a really long, swirly shot. It just goes on and on and on. I don't know if there's any trickery. Mine eyes did not did not see any, just in terms of, you know, kind of your Hitchcockian, oh, it's an uncut shot, except for we walked uh, into... Someone's back for a moment, hiding a cut and things of that sort. Um, I also think, too, this is a scene that plays better on rewatch, where you see Fitz is strung out and you realize he's in the middle of a break. To me, it was just a lot of, I don't know. I, I wasn't crazy about it. I don't want to go too negative here. Daisy, at this point, is off to go check on the cameras that are out, and he's alone. He's trying to think. Then he hears, he hears Pete, the doctor, which is when you say... Dr. Fitz? You just say Dr. Who, but no, it's Dr. Fitz. You're right. So we'll call the bad guy Dr. Fitz and the other guy Fitz, or the, the bad guy the doctor and the good guy Fitz. How's that sound for nomenclature? Dr. Fitz. Fair enough. Uh, the Dr. Fitz, then, is there to do what Fitz can't do. <gasps> Pete, cut to yo-yo. Yes, she is sidelined here. She wants everybody to stop sidelining her. Um, but they've got to keep her calm. They've got to keep her moving in the right direction. Um, they don't want her moving, however. Uh, but this has all become very, very real. I felt kind of like this was an excuse to keep yo-yo in the story i mean i get the urgency and i get the desire for her to be taken up to a safer floor now i mean haven't they had fear stuff return so i don't know why she wasn't packed up sooner i guess maybe that's the crux of my concern uh bottom line though pete a masked baddie shows up we're going to cut away from that and it's and it's highest moment of tension can't wait to see how that unfolds you know on screen in a little bit i don't mind that we cut away can't wait to see what happens uh let's stick a pin in that for right now pete take us back to the control room fits and dr fits here um needs to finish what he started uh, they're the same. Oh, they call you Fitz. Isn't that what they call you? He's got the scalpel here. The plans are in motion and Simmons screams Matt. Um, but the idea of escape is not one that's going to be embraced here. They're not finished before we're back with Colson. Right before we jump back to Colson, Fitz is kind of weepy here, and I get it on rewatch, on knowing what's going on after the end and is revealed, and he's having a mental break here. Uh, I get that that's why he's kind of weepy, but you watch this episode the first time, the first time, and I kind of feel like, look, The Sixth Sense works because you don't really, you pick up on all the clues, you pick up on many of the clues but they don't get put together in your head until the reveal, then they all make sense. The problem here is it's like, Fitz is weak, so weak, so, so, so weak, and he's going <laughs> to stammer and weep. And I, I get that what's actually happening is the darkness and the strength has him split out, kind of like the at least two episodes of original Star Trek where something similar happens to Kirk and the the evil darkness is split from the the good one and there's like i don't know what to do because i'm kind and then there's like i'm gonna beat you up because i'm mean and when you bring them together then you can truly be your best self i get that's what's going on here but we conclude this particular scene with fitz just kind of weepy with colson here and hale the idea of saving humanity which is usually colson's line um 
May is watching the discussion between the two of them. Um, and Hale uh, is talking about making the difficult calls, pulling the trigger when she has to. Um, and she wants Colson to come with her, uh, but they're not having it. And that precipitates a discussion between uh, May and Colson. It does. I, and I like too this notion that, um, that this whole wordplay here of he doesn't like a backseat pilot. She's been in the driver's seat. And that's when it was like, oh no, you need to dump the SUV right now, which is something that our pal, uh, I believe it was Mike Sorensen said on Twitter as well. They should have dumped the SUV immediately that, that, that something went wrong. Yes, it was Mike Sorensen. I wholeheartedly agree. Um, we we quickly, you know, she says her capture was not a mistake. That's when we hear that the driver can't be moved. Pete, he's like a statue. Uh, it's Mr. <sighs> Creel. And this is still a perfectly good time to go, oh, no, Mr. Creel is in there. Okay, push the red button. Eh, eh. Look, the bay just opened. Peace out, Cub Scout. Uh, instead, they let him get out. And he says, listen, you better listen to Hale. Because in addition to my rock-hard abs, I got a bomb <laughs> strapped to me. And Pete, I feel like we're all losers here because the the Creel has a bomb strapped to him. Eh, I'm not really buying it like they're actually going to do it and then kill Hale. I also feel bad, Pete, not for you, not for me, but for the people who really, really, really would enjoy seeing Crusher Creel's rock-hard abs. They're denied that too. So to me, it's kind of not win, not win, not win as we end the act. Well, if I don't mind saying, Matt, his abs are the bomb. <laughs> that is true. I thought you were going to go for his abs look like your abs, so no, you know, nothing missed there. But uh... well, mine are slightly more explosive. <laughs> Act three here, and a Quinjet lands on Zephyr One, and. We have yet another guest show up, Matt. Uh, although you're Coulson talking about Piper, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we'd seen Piper before, and Colson is is telling Piper not to get down on herself again, you know, because she's kind of been like the, uh, you know, the Charlie Brown getting the football pulled <laughs> away from her all season long, uh, you know, Hydra or uh, you know. Uh, who is it? Sally um, keeps Lucy keeps Lucy, pulling oh yeah. the, uh, the, the, the football away uh, from Piper, but no, this time it's Ivanov who gets off the plane there. And uh, one of the many Ivanovs now manufactured after the events of the framework. It felt like he was out of the blue. He was out of the blue return here. To be fair, the show has shown that, you know, she's trying to get some, just General Hale, she's trying to get some kind of team together. You know, you ever hear of the General Hale initiative? So I get that. And it's also a fun the, way the to Haleans? The Haleans? Oh, the, the, yeah, it's all, it's all hell-necked. Um, Haleans? This, Pete, is where either we get the reveal that uh, this episode ran a bit long and some scenes needed to be cut for time, or it was scripted for fiduciary lessening in that you remember how last time we were dealing with yo-yo and mac the beloved couple and uh there was a masked bad guy there well off screen there's been a whole fight mac has been shot by the robo soldier the robo soldier is like gone or something and mac's not in a great position but they've tied off his bleeding so he's actually like post injury at this point who put him back together? Dr. Fitz. Matt, I'm going to take the high road on this one. We could have belabored that fight and needed to see Mac take the hit and the whole nine yards. This story convenience moves us forward more quickly. So I'm fine with that. And yes, Dr. Fitz here. He is indeed the big bad Leopold. Remember him uh, before we're back with Colson and uh, that he doesn't 
think uh, he's he's seen the last either of Ivanov or Ivanov of them. Ivanov likens himself to a cockroach here, his strength, his immortality, and the line of the night, Matt, as often happens, courtesy of Ming-Na Wen's Agent May. Wait a minute. You're telling me that a, that a Russian has come back to affect our democracy? That was a great line, and I'm I'm glad that you pointed out May gave it because um she's not in this episode enough. Also not in this episode enough is Coulson. My fear continues to be we're setting up Agents of Shield, the next generation, and you know, Allah once upon a time that did something similar, and my fears on screen and off screen continue. Pete, am I in the fear dimension? I don't know. The story moves to the lighthouse. Uh, Fitz's greatest fear is here, or is it Simmons' greatest fear? They're feeling fear. I'm feeling fear. There's lots of fear everywhere. Fear factor. There's a lot of Fitz stammering, uh, which, again, plays better in retrospect because he is the weak, sympathetic half, and you need some darkness to bring to your strength. I know this because I've seen other episodes of TV that do it, but uh, Pete, then it gets worse. Tell us about inhuman experimentation. Yes, obviously, uh, Dr. Fitz has worked on Inhumans before. He knows what to do with them. So this is where the reveal pays off well a little later in the episode in that we think it really is the two different entities, that there's the anomaly, Dr. Fitz, and everything there. So, Pete, what do you want to say is that it's like the two doctors. Eh? You know, the fourth serial of the 22nd season of Doctor Who. Am I right? It's like Doctor Fitz and Fitz. <laughs> um, speaking of Daisy, we cut to Daisy who finds what a working camera. Then our robot friend gets her and that's not good. Uh, back to Zephyr one. Uh I'm realizing, Pete, that some of this Zephyr One stuff is is without uh, without accusal for me here. Hale is accused of having terrorists with her. Uh, she may have terrorists, but at least they're the good ones. Hale again says that she wants Coulson to join him. Something that I think did not leap out in the course of the episode that that's what was uh, that's what her secret mission was to get Coulson. Um, if he says yes, the rest of the agents will get away safe. Uh, May then has a side bar with him that seems largely to maybe give Ming Na Wen lines um, because the end result is unchanged from what Coulson said 30 seconds prior. He's in if the rest of the agents get away safe. Though she thinks it's a trap, uh, Daisy and Fitz to end the act there, she realizes who is working on her except it's not fits it's dr fits uh because that's how you address a hydra superior we get an act break we return to daisy restrained as the doctor fiddles about pete on first view i i felt torn here i felt like i could not believe him to be a fully fledged villain since he was clearly an ethereal fear monster, the fact that I was struggling with it, I suppose, does streak, is speak to the strength of the Doctor, given that he is actually really real here. Bottom line, though, the, uh, the thrust of this scene in its Dexter-esque plastic drapey wall room is that he's going to restore <laughs> her power. Pete, the subtitles tell me flesh tears as he cuts into her. Pete, let's I cut. have to say the the whatever prop they were using to stretch the ganglia or whatever he was yanking out of his head, big ups on that. Oh, uh, yes, the practical effects here, whatever the whatever the, the the daisy head was, which, you know, they never showed her face and the back of her head at the same time, which I get because they're cutting into some, you know, latex head with a wig and whatnot that was really really effective aside from the logic of you're not taking a scalpel and pushing it into chloe bennett's head with all that junk in there if you just remove that entirely it looked 100 percent real it was a rough watch but a compelling one uh um, we move to an effervescent colson who's with anton and creel kind of two humorous hardcore baddies 
I love me some Clark Gregg humor. I just don't know that this was the place to deploy it on Sad and Dark Jet with Sad and Dark Anton and Sad and Dark Creole. I found it, too, a little incongruous, uh, but between handing um, Ivanov his hand <laughs> and the discussion about the robo-warrior faces and everything there, uh, that Ivanov had lost Ada um, and his ability to make more LMDs, that uh, his parts, Matt, are in a vice. Uh, but Hale clarifies, listen, we got to keep it less than explicit here for the iTunes, uh, though his, his parts are not in a vice, um, his head, uh, Hale reveals is still in that jar. There is also a, a little repetition here, Pete, you, I would thought that they were going to throw out names like Tony, Angela, Samantha, Jonathan, but no, no. Who's the boss? You might think it's Mona, but it's underlined as Hale. Hale's definitely the boss here. With that, we cut to the doctor cutting Daisy. And uh, some really clear, the story making things clear here. Her powers are needed to heal the rift and save the world. That's when the good fits arrives, or so we think. Back to Yo-Yo and Mac there. The discussion about the future um, that she makes it in the future, that they've got to break this loop. Simmons is worried about Mac's leg. He's re-aggravated it. Um, and Fitz and Daisy are reported to not have checked in yet. Back to them, Matt. Indeed. Um, Again, I feel like I, I feel like this episode is getting somewhat better on analysis. My notes read, of course, of course, Fitz hasn't arrived, or pardon me, of course, Fitz has arrived without a gun, so he can't stop this episode's villain. So I feel torn here, Pete. What appeared to be poor Not writing, as torn as the back of Daisy's head. That's true. What appeared to be poor writing was actually sly writing, but if it appears poor on the first viewing. Can't we kind of jazz it up a little bit so it looks a little more like... How about this, Pete? We're going to do a rewrite right now. Uh, Good Fitz raises his gun. Get away from her, Evil Fitz. Evil Fitz raises his hand, strongly saying, Put that gun down now, boy. It's reminiscent of his father. Uh, Inexplicably, Good Fitz drops the gun. Is this superpowers? No, we're going to reveal later in the scene that it's the, the, the internal conflict mentally, blah, blah, blah. That's a better way to do it as opposed to me sitting and going, guys, in an episode that seems to be not of the highest quality, you don't even have Fitz showing up with a gun. Yeah, and the reveal ultimately after Dr. Fitz tells his real counterpart that he's weak, Daisy wants to know who he's talking to. That's a good little turn there. Uh, he's not a fear monster, of course. He's Fitz Split. Flashbacks of this episode where real Fitz did Fitz all of Splimmin? this. Fitz Splimmin? Fitz absolutely. <laughs> Simmons, now on the scene, says that they just need to let Daisy go, but there's a backup to all this. The evil doctor programmed the robot to hold a gun on all of them and make sure that they do it. This is also why Deke, Wild Deke stands witness here. That's kind of handy story-wise. I mean, it works, but it's like, how long did evil fits, split fits, have to like reprogram the doctors with these specific things of make sure I do this or you shoot people, and then once I've done it, go into shutdown protocol, and I guess Fitz could do it because he's a genius, and now he's an evil genius, but I'm just, Pete, The particulars, Matt, because of our fixation on these characters don't matter particularly at this moment all that matters is it wasn't an anomaly it was fits all along this was part of the plan his plan uh and simmons is encouraging him that they can work it all out just let daisy go Okay, here you have the guy in the mask, the robot, you have Deke, they're all witnessing this. Um, And 
that uh, the the science is sound, Matt, is is the refrain out of uh, Fitz. Um, and uh, Daisy, uh, you know, that, that she's part of this quote-unquote solution when we know she's potentially part of the problem is the conundrum that it's wrapped up in and that we end that act with the just brutal pulling out of her chip. After the act break, Daisy says that she will never forgive Fitz, uh, but he's going to jumpstart uh, uh, Daisy's powers here and explains that uh, what needs to be done with the Gravitonium, that's after he gives her the adrenaline shots, the Heine there, she has to put it in the sphere. That'll also shut down the robo-soldier. Uh, the sphere will seal the rift just like that. So, Pete, we see this done on screen, but it's being prescribed as here's what you need to do. But we're, we are watching it as it's being done, semi-montage style. And I call a little bit of a story foul there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I am evil Matt today, I guess. <laughs> uh, I'll be good, Matt. Uh, and spoiler, Pete, I really liked it. I liked the idea that okay uh now daisy has this direction with which to work that her adrenaline is jumped up that um she's going to compress the gravitonium that she's going to guide it insert it in the sphere here uh bring it to the rift uh it opens up take care of all of that okay and then that we wind up with this heavy Fitzsimmons scene separated there. She's asking him how long he's uh, been in contact with Dr. Fitz, that he's heard him ever since they left the framework, but only recently has he started seeing him. But uh, Simmons has been his conscience and she tells him well this is not your fault you've had a psychic split and in what is both a nice callback and addresses some concerns that we had back in season two all of this is under the umbrella of the return of his season one slash two traumatic brain injury so while we had noted and also excused the necessity of him having a complete recovery in merely nine episodes going from, you know, drooling, you know, useless guy to full force. Pete, it's come back around. It's a long-term injury there. I will give kudos to that. Cut to Simmons. She's sad. Cut to Deke. He's sad. She's losing Fitz, and Fitz is losing himself. Deke knows all these things about Fitz, the prosciutto sandwiches and the whatever, but how? Because his mom talked about her parents, he knows they'll be okay. Because, Pete, let's do it together here. The steps you take don't need to be big. Hang on, I'm going to be sick. <laughs> no, before you do that, Pete, you need to say the rest of the thing. They need to put you in the right direction. Blah! She figures out who he is, then she vomits, and I'm sorry. An act end where a pregnant lady gets her pregnancy revealed by vomiting. Really? We can easily agree that is among the biggest sins this show has ever committed. All right, Pete. In this tag scene, we get some stuff revealed. I think it would be only fair if you talk us through it, since it looks like we're back with your peeps. Yes, uh, in a room here with all sorts of fancy blue uh, symbols on the wall here, uh, Hale explains that they are uh, still empty-handed, Matt. Uh, and if the Confederacy allows this even, uh, it's not going to be good. Um, the symbols continue to flash there. Uh, Hale has been offered a seat at the table that it's all within reach. Um, but uh, the unseen figure admonishes that this is always said prior to failure. And if she screws up, if she fails, Matt, she will have to drink the odium. <gasps> 
I remember that. Hale, H-A-L-E, Hydra. The dossier. A detailed look at our bad guys. Matt, let's begin with Astronaut. Uh, Pete, the astronaut is not a bad guy. Gemma Simmons's fear of him is the bad guy. And she shows us that when you overcome your fears, sometimes with a gun, um, that it all is better. Although I don't think she would prescribe to the gun part. The tease, however, Matt, that he is not her greatest fear, I think, cannot go without mentioning. Yes, it's a good tease. The problem is it's an unfair one. I mean, it's true. She could have greater fears, including the dark side of Fitz. It also could be losing her husband or letting down her parents or letting Earth get destroyed. So that's all true. Story-wise, though, it's a fake-out. For Simmons, it's real. For the script, it's saying, look, what could get worse than this? Oh, we're going to give it to you two scenes later. Dr. Fitz was a solid villain in the framework. I would argue that uh, Madame Hydra uh, eclipsed him in terms of villainy, but to have the reveal be that he was the split personality here of Fitz, I think we both agree was well handled. Absolutely, particularly since the issue with Fitz, which perhaps they've been seeding this since the time, but the notion that this was in him. No one in the framework was not their true selves. They were just a different version of themselves. You know, circumstances changed it, and he was the worst. Um, it's a really nice use. Yeah, you know, again, we mentioned it each week, but it's a nice use, particularly if you're circling back to you know, some less expensive ideas to say, well, this is a mechanism by which we can bring evil fits back where we're bringing back a bunch of bad guys, but now it's going to be different because we're looping back even earlier to the traumatic brain injury, to the stress he's been feeling. It's, it's better executed again after the fact on our discussion than I felt it was unfolding. So kudos to them for having more layer than it appeared when I was falling for their trap. I'm a little disappointed that we've gotten the general hail as Hydra only because she denied it before. And Matt, if Hydra ain't proud of its roots, I don't know what we are. I mean, what it is. I never watch the previews, but it takes time for me to turn it off, especially now that I'm pushing a couple extra buttons on the fire stick as opposed to the cable box, blah, blah, blah. I don't, let me put it this way. I, I'll accept this act and, or this, this tag scene as whatever, um, you know, tantalizing. What, what is going on? More Hydra. I, and I saw, it's all over the preview. They hell Hydra, hell Hydra. Um, if we're now going on a whole Hydra is actually secretly really back, I'm not going to be happy. If most of what they, if most of what I saw for the preview for next week, which was two seconds worth, if most of that is a dream or the little like last little sect that didn't, you know, it's like the Japanese guy on the far off island who didn't know World War II was over for like 20 years. If we're going to get those Hydra people, eh, I'm okay with it. But if it's like the remaining nine episodes of S.H.I.E.L.D., S.H.I.E.L.D. fights his greatest villain ever, Hydra, again. I will not be happy. I will, of course, agree to disagree here, Matt. I think the cosmic angle that they've opened up, and it's not the first time that, that Hydra's gone there, remember, with the whole connection to uh, Mavith and everything that went on there. Um, but if it, it could come back around again, just like Hydra cut off one head two more take its place back for more. Um, I love that we've got a, a strong woman uh, in, in a place of command with Hydra, something they've, they've dabbled in a little bit before. And then you get the framework, you've got Madam Hydra, but I'm really interested to see where Hale can take this. Plus I just like the cute general Hale Hydra 
the whole thing there. Last from me, Matt, Ivanov, obviously in a guest situation here, as we pointed out before, uh, the return, the idea that there are many copies, the Cylon aspect, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I always dug Anton Ivanov as a kind of like a mid-level villain. I mean, he was not up there with with Madame Hydra and the various incarnations of Ward and whatnot. Um, it's nice seeing him back. And if he's if he's now one of the two bad guys making up, you know, we got a team getting together. Uh, I think that that's. I think that's there, there's there's fun potential there. Pete, here's one for you. I was excited to see in the credits Peter Mensa, who was probably best uh, remembered as this is Sparta, guy kicked in the well. Uh, he also is in uh, Spartacus, uh, which is uh, a great show. And if you and your special someone want to watch a historical fiction show with uh, lots and lots of equal opportunity nudity, uh, that's the show for you. Also violence. Um, and he's in that and um, really, really uh, muscular in that too. Bottom line is I'm glad to see he's in this episode. I assume he is the guy that we barely see. And uh, what's up with him, Pete? Well, we're going to talk more about his possible identity in our Level 7 segment. Welcome to Level 7. Time to analyze and theorize. Matt, our unseen character there i'm gonna speculate here and you're gonna let me know whether i'm barking up the right tree but the wrong tree uh but you know i probably know the answer anyway is that cassius's father um that seems to be a really logical outcome i i will admit i didn't Get up. I was so excited genuinely to see Peter Mensa that I was like, I wasn't looking to see what you know what hue he was other than his you know his his magnificent natural born human hue. Um, if he shows up next episode and he's blue from head to toe, then yes. And the fact that he has the uh, the special rage juice, um, that's an indication too. Uh, and I think that that would also that would give an opportunity for the show to circle back at the, you know, for this pod to circle back to the first pod, kind of the way they did for last season's magnificent three pods where they all, not just one led to the other, but at the end, they all really came together. So I think tons and tons of story potential there. We will know soon enough if he blued himself. (laughs) That we will. Pete, here's the easiest theory of all. Simmons pregnant. (sighs) We we both so similarly reacted to the way that the the show ended, and I can appreciate the the need to kind of make light of the the big reveal that she's now found out that Deke is her grandchild. However, you really undo the miracle and the beauty of life by bringing it down to her tossing her uh crumpets well pete speaking of crumpets speaking of sweet treats like mentioned at the top of the episode we have our own sweet treats and those are the people who support us on patreon.com slash fantastic geek keeping our zephyr one aloft and cloaked so the people don't find out that we actually are secret podcasters so thanks everyone who's visited patreon.com slash fantastic geek There is no greater anti-nausea than logging on and seeing our legion of patrons here and how they keep us with bandwidth, with every other thing we offer uh, our listeners in the proper direction. The steps don't need to be huge, Matt. They don't need to be – you don't need to donate $500 to this podcast. You can do it with a dollar. And everybody who contributes gets exclusive podcast content. Let's check the wire. Pete, we ran our traditional poll and uh, it goes as follows. It, uh, the four options were 
Uh, actually, Pete, I'm really proud of the text of this tweet here. Don't really know where we go from here. As Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. wraps up, our podcast is ready to go down. How'd you like it? Vote, reply, or you'll never change the timeline. Pete, we have 44 votes as of uh, this moment. 2% said one star robo script. 5% said two stars invested in Fitzsimmons. 11% said three stars, no Mo inhibitor. And a whopping 82%, I might disagree with this here, but 82% gave it four stars. Anton Mazing. Listen, the the core of this audience is what it is. The ratings remain unchanged for the three prior to this episode that they had been back. All point fives um, on the bubble, firmly, seemingly headed in the right direction. But th- this audience tunes in every week. Like to see it grow a little bit, you know, show them we can go from a 0.5 to a 0.6, 0.7, just to, to show that there's that possibility, but that it's stable certainly speaks volumes. I want to throw out a crazy theory. I know you and I have discussed it off mic. I want to officially get it down on the, on the podcast here. The, the audience that watches this show, not live, but within a week of it airing, is something like 50 to it's it's an additional 50 to 75 percent uh which is to say it's either equal to or the number of people who watch time shifted is either equal to or greater than the people who watch it live i would not be surprised to hear some sort of split renewal that happens where they say agents of shield is going to be renewed for 30 more episodes leading to a series finale 10 will air on ABC in the winter, you know, in the, the fall winter of uh, 2018 and 2019. Then the remaining 20 episodes will debut summer and fall on the Disney app. And, and that'll be a way to, that'll be a way to do that. I think you can argue pros and cons, particularly, you know, is, is cost benefit analysis. Does that make sense for them trying to launch the app or do, do they just fill the app with you know the familiar hits you know hey here's marvel movies here's this i don't know but i wouldn't rule that out as a possibility as they sit and go this show has a really big audience that doesn't watch it live what do we do well you appify that bad boy so who cares if you're watching one a week they don't care just keep renewing each week don't cancel the service that's the, the design of that so i see all the logic and everything that you just said but the very notable announcement is that the showrunners have been told to prepare a series finale of sorts. (sighs) So yeah, you're, you're, you're left with a return and some kind of further tightening of the belt, some very unusual situation here. I I can't see them ordering 30 episodes. I I just can't see it. There's no deal like that. That's been done to this point. Um, so I I think Matt, again, watch it, watch it live, enjoy it while we have it, enjoy the heck out of it because it's not going to last forever and things change. Um, but you look at what this show has led to and the number of Marvel shows, you know, we are digging the heck out of Jessica Jones right now. The things that are going on in Jessica Jones and mentions of the raft and powered people and the stigma against them and all that, that all comes back to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, three people replying to the, uh, to the poll with, uh, with some words in addition to their votes, also digging it as well. Uh, Sandrita, that's at Mystic, uh, Mystical, M-I-M-Y-S-T-I-K-A-A-L. Uh, I always think they possibly, uh, I can't possibly love this show more than I already do. They prove me wrong every time, just keeps getting better. So a tweet from uh, Kirk Williams, that's at K-I Kirk Williams. Uh, I enjoyed it very much. And then a tweet from Andre, that's uh, at Dr. Polo 1983. I hope they are tying things to Infinity War. Time will tell on that. Have a tweet here, Matt, at me from JC the Mythic. 
Uh, that's at JC, the mythic, M-Y-T-H-I-C. And uh, I had tweeted, Fear Dimension is not a bad idea, but it's been less than ideally utilized at this point. Come at me. And he responded, fortunately, over. Honestly, unless the season two villain from Agent Carter popped out of it, it really couldn't do much for me. Fear Dimension? Bah. Mm. Some harsh words there, some harsh words indeed. Pete, we love to have this Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. conversation continue. How can people be in touch with you? Well, a number of ways, Matt. We'll start with the Twitter first, but then we'll talk about some other more incentive-laden ways. You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J, K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 9,836 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, you can be in touch with the podcast any way you like. Comment at fantasticgeek.com. Email fantasticgeek at gmail.com. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram where we are fantasticgeek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com forward slash fantasticgeek with the PH, all one word. Like it today. But that's not all, Matt. There is another that there is, we are running a little contest between now and early April for anyone who leaves us a review across any of the Fantastic Geek podcasts on iTunes. They'll be in the running for a special little, uh, little treat. What's that treat going to be, Pete? That will be a digital download password for Star Wars The Last Jedi Matt, they have as many as 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 chances. You could leave us a review to all 13 of our podcast feeds on iTunes and get 13 entries into that giveaway. If you are listening on an iPhone and have iOS 11, it's easier than ever to leave a review. You can do it straight from the uh, from the podcast app. So we certainly encourage people to get in there, leave some reviews. If you do leave a review or multiple ones, please do just uh, share with us your iTunes name so we can match up uh, match you know you up to the winner. You can get in touch via uh, email, direct message, Facebook, I don't know, Telegram, whatever they do over there on Facebook. <laughs> Um, I'm sure it gets run through the Russian ciphers and whatever, but certainly be in touch that way. Uh, we can pull a winner out of the old hat. Looking forward to making your day. Well, people, Pete, listening on the Pop Culture Podcast feed, will be getting Jessica Jones on Sunday and Tuesday and Thursday, <laughs> then Shield on Friday. That's going to be, Pete, a good Friday, if you ask me. Uh, if you're listening on the, on the Shield feed, we'll be back next Friday as well still a good Friday. With that, Pete, I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word. Have faith. Or a Xanax. <laughs> <laughs>